Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, buzzed. Ah, buzz, good. buzzed, buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> we made these effing bourbon drinks. Yes. Called the Belmont Jewel. Fancy. We're and fancy here. We're, yeah, we're hella fancy. Yeah. Ooh, bougie. <laughs> uh, but now I'm... Yeah, buzz, 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 yeah. buzz. Okay, good. I, I feel like I can figure out what's in it, so you just wait. Okay. Yeah, please do, because I have to write it down to post it <laughs> later. So, okay. So in a shaker with ice, I put per drink. So I obviously multiplied this by two and then some, but whatever. Right. Uh, you want an ounce and a half of bourbon, a an ounce of pomegranate juice. And then uh, two ounces of lemonade. Okay. So hopefully that turned Sounds out good. good. To me. You shake it, you pour it over ice, you pop some fresh lemon on there, mm-hmm. and you're good. We were at first pretty like, this is going to be the most disgusting drink ever because we're not fans of bourbon. It's just the smell as well. It's just, I don't know. It brings back a lot of bad memories. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Just a lot of memory. Oh, we don't yeah, need okay. to get into it. But, um,. <laughs> But as we started drinking it, it turns out I kind of liked it more than I anticipated. anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the Hennessy and apple juice all over again. Right. I was like, barf, I can't believe we're going to drink this. Yeah. And now I've drank three and I love them. Yeah. So. It's very interesting. I guess, yeah. yeah. I guess we're just cautious against like bourbon, it's whiskey. It's so strong. Yeah. We're, we're clear liquor gals, yeah, I guess. We love the vodka, gin. Rum. Maybe rum. Yeah. yeah. And so bourbon's a little bit out of our wheelhouse, but for you guys. We try things. We do things. And this yeah. is actually good. So. Yeah. Once it, you like, get rocking and rolling into yeah. it, it's pretty tasty. And it's a gorgeous color. Pinkish purple. I don't know. You know what I feel like would also be good in this? What? Is maybe some mint. Oh, yeah. You know, kind of like a take on a, like a pomegranate mint julep or something yeah. almost. We do have mint. Oh, we should have done it. That's oh, well. Okay. It's too late now. We maybe made try the, mint and let us know. Yeah. We made the Belmont jewel. We didn't make the Belmont mint julep. You're correct. You're very right, <laughs> Michelle. They're like, bitch, I don't know why we let you talk on these things. <laughs> No, you, uh, you're the drink gal, so. Uh, but yeah, it has definitely grown on me, and now I'm drinking the shit out mm-hmm. of them. Mm-mm. Definitely a sipper still, though, so. Yeah, you're not going to be slamming this one. And I guess maybe if you love bourbon, maybe. you will be, but I'm You don't not. need to. <laughs> it's pretty strong. I feel yeah. like it's a pretty potent cocktail. Yeah. Ooh, uh, all right. Yeah. Well, should we just get into it, girl? Fuck yeah, not let's right. just do it. Before I get too sloppy drunk, <laughs> this editing's gonna be a nightmare. I feel like editing is probably always a nightmare for it's you. It's just the worst. Just yeah. All right, jump All right. in, Caitlin, before this shit gets too crazy. Seriously. This story is about Brendan Casey. Okay. Brendan Casey. So, Brendan lives in Gulfport, Florida. Okay. It is January 14th, 2020. Okay, so not too long ago. Yeah. Brendan's best friend and business partner, Stephen Moran, uh, have a meeting with a potential investor this day. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's always exciting. Yeah. So after the meeting, Stephen was pretty angry about that meeting. It didn't go as he planned. He didn't know why they weren't going to send a check that night. You know, they were maybe not as enthusiastic as he had 
probably hoped. Right. You know. Right. And okay. It's getting the evening, and now he's had a few drinks, and he's just angry about it. Do you know what this reminds me of? Is mm-hmm. that story you told about the reporter who had had the interview, oh, and yeah. it just didn't go well. Right. And he was lamenting that the whole time. That's right. But Brandon tries to calm him down, saying, you know, it was a good night. The investor is agreeing with us. So overall, it's good. So it may have not go as well they wanted to, but it was it still, still well. good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he tells uh, Stephen to go home because they're roommates as well. Okay. So oh, had a meeting. so Brandon's not drunk. No. Or Brendan, excuse me. Yeah. It's his, his roommate. Steven. And co-worker or co-partner. Yes. Okay. Got yes. it. Sorry. That's okay. So he's like, hey, Steven, like, you know what? Maybe it's just time to call it a night. Head home. I'll see you later. You know, try to relax. Okay. So Steven goes home. He's like, fuck you. I'm leaving. <laughs> That's what I would be. I'd probably leave in a half yeah. and tear some paper or something on my way out. Well, Brendan is also heading home now. It's a little later and he receives a text message from a friend. Okay. He told Brandon that he should not go home because Steven sent her a picture of a baseball bat saying someone's getting messed up tonight. Oh dear. Yeah. And oh dear. She, she was scared and cause he's never done that or said anything like this before. So she knew something was not quite right. Yeah. This is very unusual. Right. But Brendan was honestly not too worried. I mean, Stephen. I could take him. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Stephen is one of his best friends. Uh, His dogs are home. They have another roommate, Jared, who's also home. So, I mean, everything should be fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everything should just be fine. So now it's early in the morning of January 14th. So it's It's late. Probably like two to three in the morning. Yeah. Okay. He's coming home. So uh, Brendan goes into the fridge to get some water. Right next to the fridge was the bathroom, where it suddenly flew open. Hmm. Brandon looks over, and he and Steven look at each other for a few minutes before Steven hits him in the head with a baseball bat. (gasps) Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I kind of anticipated this is probably where the story was going. Yeah. But... He actually went through with it. It's still unexpected. Right. So Brandon falls to the ground, he tries to stand up, but his legs are not working. So he tried to climb up the fridge door. Oh, God. Steven then went downwards with the bat. So instead of swinging, he kind of like jolted down uh, with more it. More like an axe kind of yeah. well, motion. No, maybe? more like a like a straight down. Oh, like, up, like I'm down. stabbing yes, with like the bat. Yes, like a stabbing. Yeah. Okay. And when he did this, he actually fractured Brendan's eye socket <gasps> as he came down. What's you with the fucking eyes, Caitlin? I don't know. I'm sorry. IEC Valentine's Day story. Whoopsies. But now Brendan is crawling away, but Stephen put his foot on him and hit him on the side of the head, and that's when Brendan blacks out. Oh my gosh. Like, he is so enraged. Yeah. Beyond, you know, all normalcy. Right. And this is not like a rage in the moment. He went home for a while. Like. And contemplated. Yeah, exactly. He's probably just sitting there stewing, waiting for Brandon or Brendan, excuse me, to open that door. I feel like maybe he may blame Brendan for. Yeah, maybe he said something that he didn't like. Stephen thought maybe ruined the the whole business deal or. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. So Jared Proctor who was the other roommate, I mean, he was sleeping because uh, it's so, you know. Yeah, it's like so, three in the morning, as we guess. Right. But then he's hearing sounds of groaning and thuds. 
So Brendan never like screamed out, but because it was happened so fast. Yeah. So he hears some weird thumping around. Oh God. So he sees what is happening to Brendan and he stops Steven and yells at him to call 911. Like, what the F are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you beating our other roommate unconscious? So Brendan believes if Jared did not come, that he would have died. Um, He didn't know if there was one more hit to the head, if that would do it or not. He thought he had no more skull left to protect the brain. Oh! I know. <laughs> I'm never making you mad. You've always got that motherfucking bat. Jeez. Oh. Uh. Brendan was rushed to the hospital, and he was actually in a coma for a week. Oh, my gosh. He suffered five broken ribs, a collapsed lung, a laceration to his liver, fractured eye socket, and fractured collarbone. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he had to get titanium plates in his head to reconstruct his skull. Oh, and good Lord. It was a miracle. He survived. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brendan states, I won't lie. The first week home, two weeks home, I was feeling so depressed, feeling bad for myself. And then I decided if I live like that, then he wins. I might as well have not woken up. My God, look at the (laughs) human spirit. Again, I think if I take anything away from this podcast yeah. and this experience of doing this with you, which has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. It is that humans are incredible. Yeah. Abs- well, they can like, be awful. Well, they, they yeah, get- they can be complete motherfuckers. Yeah. But for the most part, humans are incredible. Absolutely. I oh. do agree with that. They can endure the worst things and come out with some sort of positive right, outlook. Outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. The community of Gulfport really rallied behind him and friends and family from all over came to Florida to support him in his recovery. Oh. And the memory of his kids forced him to survive. Oh, I didn't realize he had had kids. He has two kids. Oh, yes. Okay. So they don't live with him. Gotcha. I mean, they have shared They're custody. They're off with mom. Yes. He states, one of my first memories that is my daughter paints my fingernails. So oh. I remember seeing my fingernails painted and I started crying because I remember I was a dad my kids are my armor. Oh, so. Good heavens. I know. I've got goosebumps again. I know. So Steven, now, he admitted to officers of the attack. He states, fucked up in the head and wants to kill again. And 50% of me has remorse and the other 50% does not give a shit. I mean, I just beat the shit out of my friend. Wow. Right? Good lord. Isn't that crazy? I guess people can snap, I suppose. It's funny you said that because Brendan was talking to his dad asking, still asking questions like why and why would, why was my best friend and like my partner in crime do this to me? And his dad's like, sometimes answers go unanswered. And it seems like he just snapped, like Mm. just snapped or something. Like that meeting did not go well at all in Steven's mind. Well, Stephen was charged with second-degree attempted murder. Mm, good. Brendan still has struggles of his own. He couldn't drive. He can't be mm. alone with his kids because he has blackouts still. Oh, gosh. Uh, he can't work. But oh. I know. Oh, God. It just keeps getting worse. I know. But he is so hopeful of continuing to recover and just thankful to still be here with his kids. 
Oh my gosh. I know. I'm looking back to some of the business meetings I had that did not go well. And, I know. I mean, I didn't beat the shit out of anybody. Uh, I mean, but... I know. I really, like, uh, what was said in that room makes me think of Hamilton. Like, I want to be in the room where it happens. <laughs> uh, but yeah. it's just interesting because Brendan came out, like, he agreed with us. It went okay. And yeah. then he was like, apparently it, it was did just the not worst thing okay. ever. Yeah. But then for him to go home, find a bat, being like, I'm going to, like, he even said, yeah, like, he, he's bragging to someone else, like, like their mutual friend, like, I'm going to mess someone up tonight. Yeah, I mean, and it, it is a little bit surprising to me. I mean, this is going to sound kind of callous and mm. probably a little bit bitchy, but why didn't you just go find a stranger? I mean, <laughs> oh God, yeah, like, well, I know that sounds terrible, right, but it's right, like, right. I, so I think you're right. He must have probably blamed Brendan something. for something, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there was a... A weird handshake that he thought threw off the whole meeting or something. Right. It was probably something completely made up in his head. Yeah. Um, but somehow all that blame landed right on Brendan. Right. And also, I'm sure the drinking doesn't help. But no matter how much I would ever drink, I never think of killing someone. You know? Like. Mm, no. Oh you're on the same. God. I have never thought of killing anybody. Yeah. Not in any kind of like, I'll kill you. But not in any kind of serious, now I've got a bat and we're getting ready to do right. this. Right. No, exactly. Like, never. And it wasn't like they're arguing, he just grabs a bat. He's just waiting. He was waiting in the bathroom for however, how long, because <sighs> Brendan didn't go home right away. So it's just like, so he wanted to do that. He wanted to cause him harm. It's so bizarre to me. No, he caused harm, that's he for sure. He sure did. And thank God for Jared that he heard stuff and checked it out. I'm amazed he didn't like hurt jared like i kind of thought when you first started talking about it that right Brandon was gonna come home yeah. to this like bloodbath somehow mm-hmm. and just the fact that he's having all these rageful thoughts and feelings yet he's gonna let his other roommate you know just sleep right that's true just i mean like, i was worried about jared too when he was like yelling at him like call 911 what are you doing but i don't know like, yeah. that's surprising. Like, I'm surprised, yeah, he didn't attack him with a bat and then, like, run off. But, no, they called 911 and they came. So, it's just... Bizarre. It's just so bizarre. The whole thing is just so weird. The human mind that. is fascinating. Very strange. Yeah. It really is. It mm. sucks that he... Like, well, because also, when he was in a coma, I mean, it's still January 2020. So, when he said he woke up, he woke up to the pandemic and, mm. you know, being... Everything done. was different. Yeah. He said, <laughs> he said January changed his life. Like everything changed. Every wow. single thing in his life changed. But he's still here. And that's the most important thing. Well, I do hope he makes a full recovery. I he's sure hope so too. Kind of get back into a little bit more right. normal work and Well, yeah, I think it's just gonna take some time. Yeah. I mean, this I it's been two years. I haven't seen an update about him. Um, so I'm just hoping that Let's just think that he's doing well. much better. He's probably got some baller career. Yes. And he's just killing it at life. I sure hope so. Yeah, because your brother came back. Like, he has all his motor functions, and he had, mm-hmm. a, yeah, a bad head he injury. Had a, yeah, and... he had a bad head injury. And then, like, a year later or something, it's like, oh, by the way, you have this hole in your heart. And then he had to have right. open heart surgery. Ugh. And now he's back at his job yeah. and killing it in yeah. life. So... So these tragedies doesn't have to be the end. I think that's also kind of the moral of the yeah, story. Yeah, you us. can come. Yeah, poor thing. So I just thought that was just a bizarre, crazy story. Yeah, like, that behavior is. I, 
it's just so random and weird to me. So because you hear like people murdering people is like because they're psychos. Like they have like a past. They have all the stuff. But yeah, like, they've been killing animals since they were little and they right. were abused their whole lives. And, yeah. You know, that's I think what we all like to think. And I know I have said it numerous times on the podcast where it's like what happened in their childhood to right. twist them in such a way that now they are this person. Right. But, you know, how many times? That's just not the case. Right. They probably had a perfectly normal childhood. and Yeah. Ugh. It's just weird. But I'm glad Damn. Brendan is still here, of course. Well done, so, Brendan. Absolutely. Good well, Lord. also, he just had trust. Like, oh, he's just blowing off steam. He didn't actually think his friend is going to kill him. Like, <laughs> Well, as I would. You right, know. yeah. I'm like, oh, they're fine. They'll get over it. Am or... I going to hide your bat before I leave? <laughs> probably. <That's> funny. <laughs> It'll be under the couch. It's fine. <laughs> thank you. No, I'm That's always reassured knowing that you've got a bat close because you're fucking thank fierce you. with it. Thank you. That's yeah. so nice. No one come at me, though. No. I don't want to test it out. You'll break their skull. They'll need titanium. Oh my gosh. Michelle, don't I talk know, me I'm up. Sorry. Oh, come on. You know it's true. <laughs> I don't think I would have it in me. I Unless I was like, I think I'm going to die. Maybe I could, but I mean. I, I, mean, I think you would have it in you. I'm going to be a little bit more tiptoey around you probably in the future. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I don't Maybe really when I get that. older, I get a little more. <laughs> Bitch, yeah. you said that wrong in the podcast. You're out. Forever. That's how I'm sorry. Maybe these bourbons were not the best choice. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm All right. We should, well, let's hear your story. Yeah, I don't even want to tell it. I'm done. It's time to go home. You can't go home right now. Yeah, I gotta fucking stay here with your bat. Uh, oh, Lord. Okay, Michelle, please take it away. I will take it away. All right, thank you. Caitlin. All right. All right, so this song is about Dan This Heumann. song? Yeah, you fucking heard it. <laughs> this story is about Dan Human. Mm-hmm. Sorry, song, god damn it. <laughs> okay. And I'm taking us back to January. Uh, it says like five years ago, so. Oh, okay. You know, I'm assuming maybe this story is fairly recent, so. Let's 2019. Just, yeah, that sounds good. Or 2018 20, or. 2010s. 2010s. Whatever. In there somewhere. Okay. And it's about Dan. Sorry about any kind of inaccurate information as i feel like i always have to just give that you know warning every time what do you mean you're reading it from his perspective well it doesn't say what time it is though or what year it is so i'm just sort of guessing yes but it's still all facts yeah okay yeah (laughs) okay i'm done talking i'm not even gonna tell my story anymore caitlin okay oh no it's even seven years ago god damn it oh i'm sorry okay good luck All right, so Dan is heading out on a two-day adventure. Okay. He's going to be snowshoeing through the, and okay, Adirondacks. He's going to be snowshoeing through the Adirondacks. Great. Hopefully I said that right. And that's? It's in like New York-ish area, like northern New York. Perfect. So he's on this trail that actually is not... It's not a very popular trail. The last person, according to the, I guess there's some cameras um, and things. And so the last person who'd been there had been a week and a half before. Oh, So he's out there on his own and Hmm. he's trekking by himself, but he's been doing this for a long time. So he's pretty familiar with what he needs to do. And so he's walking on an unbroken trail, which I was like, what the fuck is an unbroken trail? It turns out, of course, with snow, it can kind of get a crust 
on top. And so when you're snowshoeing, you got to kind of break through that crust oh. to kind of make your own trail to get down to sort of the more powdery snow okay. underneath. That makes sense. So I was like, oh. And in this particular case, uh, which he often doesn't do, he decided to drag a sled behind him because okay. he had quite a bit of gear and he didn't want to be carrying it on his back his whole time. Okay. He knew, you know, as two days he's planning on being out. So, and on this long trip, he didn't want to carry all the weight. So he had, it sounded like it was maybe like six feet or so behind him. Okay. So the, he's rocking and rolling along and he's got a rope that's connected to a sled with all of his gear on the back. Okay. So he's, he's going along and you know, it's, he's trudging through this trail. I see. You know, it's, it sounds like it's pretty hard work. And so he's been walking for a few hours and it's effing cold Mm -hmm. like he can just feel the cold air in his lungs probably on his face this is just not a trip i would take in general absolutely not and if i am i'm effing taking you i'm not going by myself that's all i'm saying i'm not coming (laughs) like forget (laughs) it dan you're braver than i am yeah for sure so dan came up to a two log bridge that spanned over a small gully okay that was about 12 feet wide so the okay. sort of crevasse that he's passed oh, that gosh. going over the top of is just 12 feet across. Does that make sense? Oh, 12 feet. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a creek that runs underneath it, but it's completely frozen. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm picturing it. I got it. So the it's 12 feet across and it sounds like it's about 10 feet down. Okay. And Not crazy. two logs going across. So that's his little bridge. That's his bridge. Okay. And um, I guess these kind of two log bridges are super common. And this is not the first one that he's encountered on his, even his hike just today. Oh, okay. Um, He had passed quite a few already, but what he would do is he would disconnect his sled Uh and sort of bring it up closer to him Mm. and then have a little bit more control as he was going over it. But he had gone over numerous bridges like this before with no issues. And so this time he kind of went to go disconnect it and he was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. It's going to be fine. Okay. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said, the previous half dozen log bridges were fine. Right. Uh, this bridge was a little bit wider than the rest, maybe a, a foot wider. But again, like it didn't seem too much more treacherous than anything else. Right. Okay. He took the lazy man's way out and left the sled connected okay. to him. And so he started snowshoeing across the bridge. Hmm. And he was finding that his crampons, you know, the... Um, sort of the spiked shoes that you put on over your hiking shoes, mm. they were digging into the wood, you know, oh, okay. so he knew he was getting pretty good grip and right. was feeling pretty good about it. Okay. And he also had two trekking poles, oh. you know, so he had two poles. He's sturdy. That he was, yeah, he was feeling really sturdy. So he's going along and he's kind of looking back to make sure that the sled is following along in his footsteps. So it's saying, you know, true to his course Mm -hmm. and not, you know, sliding off and going all over. So everything was looking really good. So Dan was nearly across and that's when his sled started sliding. And then all of a sudden he felt this large jolt hit him that nearly took him off the bridge. Oh, okay. His knee had dropped down and he sort of slammed against the bridge 
and he was able to keep one foot kind of up. So he's got one foot firmly into the bridge, Mm -hmm. and now his knee, his other knee, is on the ground. Okay. His whole body sort of gets torqued around because he's getting pulled from behind. Oh. And, of course, what had happened, he was able to look back and saw his sled now swinging from this bridge behind him. Attached to him, so Ugh. it's just this like heavy, heavy weight right. that's just pulling him down. The sled was just hanging, just like probably a few feet from the bottom, oh, you know, because it it's like six far. feet yeah. or so. And he said it just kept like this unbalanced pendulum that, as it swung, it would like swing up and then head back down and just pull him down oh. even further. And it just Kept pulling him down and pulling him down with every time it passed underneath him as it's swinging. And so now his, like, back is all arched, trying to kind of keep this sled from, Mm -hmm. you know, pulling him down. And every muscle in his body is fighting the force of gravity that was just trying to bring him down and bring him down. Mm. He ended up, like, dropping one of his trekking poles, and his hand had slipped out of the loop, and off it went. Off the bridge. Okay. And he said it was the only sound. He heard the, like, talk, the... That's my sound effects. You guys are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Of the pole hitting the the ice below. Right. But there was no other sound. And so he just... It really realized... I'm all by my fucking self right. way out uh, here. So we had thoughts of sort of letting go and just letting himself fall backwards uh-huh. with the pressure of the sled. Just it was becoming overwhelming. And but he knew, you know, he'd probably fall through the ice. Right. So he did a lot of contemplating of like, how deep is that water? Mm. Is there rocks under the water? Is he would he break his back if he fell? Like all these things. You know, how long would I lie there? Am I going to be at dinner for coyotes if I right. let myself fall? And he was like, yeah, that sounds right. I probably would be at dinner for coyotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he decided, you know, he couldn't he couldn't let it go. He couldn't let himself just fall off the bridge. Right. He had to fight towards it. Why didn't he just let go of the Because it's tag. completely tied to him. Okay, well, like, tie it. Well, I don't think it's just as easy as oh, okay. that. Um, I think it's like under his gear. It's a um, whole. I think it's and a whole any thing. Movement is just really yeah, hard. and yeah, probably if he tried to twist around, he it would, would just probably fall. just pull him down. I see. Okay, he's probably hanging on with dear life and that right. one trekking pole that hadn't fallen yet. Mm, <laughs> you know, okay. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about, but okay. yeah, thanks, Caitlin. Sorry, I'm sorry. <gasps> no, you're making you're asking good questions. <laughs> so. So, of course, as in all of our stories, it seems, there's no cell reception. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. an occurring theme. And he had, like, thought years back, like, I should get a satellite phone. So mm. just in case I'm out in the middle of wilderness. So maybe, yeah, invest in a satellite phone mm-hmm. just for those people who are trekking out like crazy people anyway. No offense, Dan. So try as Dan might, he is unable to pull the sled up. So that was kind of his Mm. next course of action. His first course of action is, do I just let myself fall and die? No, I'm going to try bringing this sled up Mm. and bring it to me. But he was just, he doesn't know if it was exhaustion, Mm -hmm. if maybe he would have never been able to pull it up. He just wasn't strong enough or what. But he just, he grabbed a hold of the rope with his gloved hand and just started the tug of war battle of his life, mm. which he eventually lost. Oh, He no. was just not able to bring that right. sled up. 
So try as he might. And so he like ended up lowering it back down, which again, it started swinging and trying to drag his ass down to the frozen water. So at this point now he's like, let's try to get this sled unbuckled from me. Okay. It's going to be kind of a hardship. It right. sounds like it's fairly complicated. But he just couldn't manage to get it unbuckled using one hand. And he mm. was not going to let go of his trekking pole right. to, you know, because that was the thing that was really keeping him balanced and keeping him up on this bridge. Ugh. He pulled off his glove with his tee so he could maybe get a little bit more dexterity uh-huh. and tried to really get that line mm-hmm. off from around him. But it was just too much tension. Ugh. Again, the sled was right. too heavy. He just couldn't do it. Mm. And that's when he remembered his handy neck knife. A neck knife? I, a neck knife. Okay, So okay. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Actually, Joel has one of these. No, it's great. Not. It's like a, a knife on a necklace. Right, I don't know. It's like on a cord. Uh-huh. And the case of the knife is actually attached to the cord. So all you have to do is just pull the knife down and it releases from its sheath. And then you've got a knife that's like really easy to get to. Yeah. He had actually just recently gotten this knife because he always had like knives in his pockets and stuff. And but what he found was is they were just too cumbersome to get to. Right. You know, and it's like you've got gloves, you've got all the snow Mm. gear on and everything. And trying to get into a pocket can be very difficult. So he had invested in this one neck knife. (laughs) Who knew? So Cold Steel made his particular one. And now he has like a bazillion of them, I guess. He's got several. That's so funny. (laughs) So he was able to uh, grab that knife and just sort of pull on it with a simple tug. And now his knife was free and ready to go. Wow. So he knew, of course, that he had one choice, that he had to cut the sled free. Right. So with his free hand still hanging on to that that pole, pole, uh, he starts, you know, working this nylon rope with his serrated blade. Wow. And what, unfortunately, he had to kind of like turn a little bit more and it was just like sort of torque his body even more to get around to where the rope was. Oh, I Uh, see. Yeah, it was quite a challenge. It wasn't just like, I just, you know, cut it off and I'm good to go. So it took him a little bit, but then finally in one motion, he was able to sort of pull the knife across and it cut the nylon rope with a really sharp snap. And then he, moments later, he heard this huge crash with his sled just being pulverized at the bottom of the creek. And then, of course, all at once, all the tension from his body is gone. Oh, you right, know, it's right. Like you're it's under a lot of stress, and then... Yeah, and all of a sudden, it's not, you know, so he almost sort of catapulted over the other side of the bridge. Oh, my gosh. You know, because he's holding on so hard, right. and so, like, he that strength almost just took him right over. But fortunately, he was able to get his balance and kind of steady himself. That's good. Okay. So at that point, he gets up, and he's able to just take the last couple of steps... Oh, my gosh. ...to get him over the bridge. So now he's like, I got to try to salvage my gear because I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I had fully planned to spend the night and now I have nothing. It's all at the bottom of this damn creek. So he actually found his, the first trekking pole that fell. He found that almost immediately. Oh, okay. And so he was able to use that and it gave him added balance and it was the balance he needed to try to get the sled out. So he used the, one of the poles to kind of try to like poke the sled and bring it up. <laughs> okay. Um, but it actually had 
fallen kind of into a hole in the ice. Oh, so it like was, not in the water. It, no, it was in the water. Oh, okay. So it was almost like a little ice hole where they fish through. Oh. It's like there's a hole, you know, the rope sticking see. out and a sled is down in there. Of course. Yeah, of it, course. Okay. <laughs> so he has to sort of get onto the ice right. to pull it out. Oh, no. I know. Uh, just uh, go back home. I know. Just leave. Just go. Uh, but fortunately, the ice started to crack, but it held. And okay. so finally, after much toil, uh-huh. he was able to get the sled up and out of the ice. Okay. He must be just exhausted. exhausted yeah. Completely exhausted. And fortunately, he had waterproofed the shit out of everything. Oh, really? So everything was like in bags Smart. and everything. So he was uh, able to get all these bundles back up to the, you know, the snow bank or the mm-hmm. bank of this creek. So he... He sort of got the stuff off the sled first and then was able to get the sled out, if that oh, makes sense. So he yeah. sort of unpacked it, uh-huh. threw all the shit on the side, and then finally got the sled out. At I that see. point, he's like, fuck this sled. Yeah. We're leaving it here. It's going to be. But he knew, you know, probably for his survival in the next day or so, that it was probably wise to have it. So right. he eventually got it out. He got all his stuff out. And fortunately, because again, his waterproofing techniques were so good that his sleeping bag was bone dry and, you know, he had all of his food and equipment and everything and they were all in really great shape. Wow. So he was like, now was had a choice do i go back or do i carry on and that emmer effort carried on (laughs) and stayed for two nights yes he did wow um you know and he really he said he appreciated his surroundings so much more after that whole ordeal i would have maybe gone to get a buddy i don't know i don't know i feel well i'm glad it all worked out but after that i'm like i'm going home like i This is too much right now. Yeah, I'm not going out for another couple days. Yeah. No way. But he tightened up his shoestring bindings and... Didn't stop him. He tightened up his snowshoe bindings. And trudged deeper on for more adventure. But he did say that he faithfully disconnected the sled... Every time. time he crossed a bridge. It's so crazy. It just takes one time to not do something that you could have died. <laughs> like, I know. Because of one, uh, one small, small misjudgment yeah. and, you know, whatever. And now you're careening to your death. Yeah. I often think, like, what do people think when that happens? Like, what are their thoughts Yeah. as... You know, like, what is he thinking about as he's watching the sled go flying down and he's getting pulled back and almost dead? Right. You know, like, oh, I should have disconnected that sled. Right. Or, oh, I love my mom. I don't know. (laughs) What do you think about during that time? I hope to never know. Knock on wood, honestly. Yes, well said. (laughs) I'm also knocking on wood. Oh, that's so, yeah. Hard pass. That's, I mean, I like, like, uh... He's very logical. He's laying there like, these are my options. This is what could happen. And, I'm either uh, going to be food for coyotes yeah. or I can go home or I can go on. Yeah. I would have chose to go home. Right. You know. Well, he's like, get in my sled. I don't want it. This is terrible. <laughs> and it's like, well, I actually need it. So. <laughs> yeah, I better just get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's smart. I wouldn't think about the whole waterproofing, but that turned out to really save him. Yeah, you absolutely. No one wants to sleep. You can't sleep in a wet sleepy bag you can't no he probably would have died of extreme cold yeah as i did in oregon trail last night (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, you did die in that. It's so funny because of string gold. That's a hard game to win, guys. There is a card game of the Oregon Trail, and it is hard to beat. It was hard to beat on the computer, and yeah. I think it's yeah. just as hard to beat. I always put the oxen at full speed. Like, you saw the little <laughs> legs just going when I was a kid. I'm like, I'm going to get there so fast. You know? I remember playing that in, like, fifth grade yeah. and thinking it was super fun. I think it was even before we had computers, so we had, like, oh. a, a non-computerized. I remember we had this big map that we had, like, on a big table that uh-huh. was just, like, that part of the classroom is for Oregon Trail now. And we had our little, oh, wow. like, pieces and stuff before That's computer cute. games. <laughs> Wow. That didn't uh, age me at all. Mm. (laughs) I went to school early sometimes just so I could play it on the library computers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know which one I always loved is Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? You know what? Okay. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) Okay. I always wanted to play that as a kid. Always. I always wanted to play that. But, like, I don't know. Like, during uh, PE, I mean, not PE. Like During recess, like recess and, stuff. and stuff like that, you always had to play outside. Like you didn't have an option. I always asked, like, can I play? Can I play on the computer? No, that was never. No, an option. Caitlin, you may not. Get some fresh air, bitch. And so <laughs> I went out there, but every time I tried to play it, like we had, um, like when it was raining, we got to play inside, of course. And someone would always play that game, and I never got to play it. I never got oh. to play it myself. I always just had to watch from a distance other kids playing it, and I never got my turn ever. Never. Okay. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> Guess what's gonna show up in your mailbox? Where in the? It's probably like a boring game, anyways. That's what I said. It's probably just lame. Uh, I'll probably can. I probably can look it up online, honestly, and watch someone else play it and be like, "It's not lame. It's super fun." Is it? Is <laughs> it, did, Michelle? I did love it. We had because um, we were learning all about South America and the uh-huh. geography of South America, mm-hmm. and so we had the where in the where in South America is Carmen San Diego. I didn't know they had different versions. Yeah. Apparently they do, and oh. uh, I had that shit down. Ugh. I knew where she was. I'm over it, as you can tell. No, I don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play it, Caitlin. Okay. Just you wait. Thank you. You got to know it. a lot about geography, though, and like where cities are and stuff. If I recall correctly. I mean, I haven't played it since I was like in sixth grade. I thought you like had to like find her. So I thought like you just had to talk to people and like get clues. You do get clues. And it's like she was near this building, oh, you know, and you and know where that building you got to figure out what sort of oh. landmark that was. And where is that landmark? All right. That type of thing. Sounds dumb. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Poor no. Caitlin. I can just imagine yeah. you. She's upset in the corner. Yeah. I want to play. Your little banker haircut. <laughs> Shut up, Michelle. That was eighth grade. You know it was coming. School. Anyways, okay. On that note, yeah. we're shutting the shit Dan. down. Dan, good job. <laughs> Way to stay calm all alone in the woods, in the snow. Like, dang. I know. That's a, Dan a- and Brendan killing it today. Yeah. Good job, guys. Uh, all right. Well, then, on that note, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And uh, just know these drinks are fairly strong. <laughs> you, you, you do good with one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those situations. What do they say about martinis? Like one's not enough, two's okay, three's too many. Because martinis are just straight alcohol, pretty much. Yeah, I guess there is a little bit of juice in this. Yeah, at it's least. lemonade it's, and pomegranate juice. Anyways, I guess I just fucking hate bourbon. Uh, (laughs) We see you guys next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs)